You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. Can I tell you another funny story? Oh, yeah. You keep, I'm going to tell you going. about Con Long. Yeah. Con Long was a state representative from down around Holdenville. We woke around that area. And uh, he's former mayor. He got elected to the legislature. And he had breathing problems. Mm-hmm. And we called him Snorting Con. And he would talk to you talking like this. And he's in the legislature. And he was popular. Yeah. They liked him. He was mayor of his hometown. He was elected to the legislature. But he was snorting con. Well, my first session, the new members sit on the back row of the legislature. Yeah. New members are on the back row. As you get seniority, you get to move down front. Well, I'm on the back row, and every week there's a, an honorary, there's a minister that comes and mm-hmm. opens every day of session with a prayer. And each various legislators over the year will bring their local minister in. Well, one day, we were opening on a Monday, and the Speaker of the House of Representatives said, I have some sad news. Con Long has just died. He's found dead in his hotel room in downtown Oklahoma City, and he's dead. And so we're going to ask the minister who had never met Con Long to pray for Con and his family. And... uh, And then we're going to adjourn for this legislative day to honor the memory of State Representative Con Long. So the minister prays, and the speaker hits the gavel on the podium, said, we're adjourned. So I'm on the back row, so I get up and I walk out the back door. And there's Con Long standing there, and he's he's walking towards the the door and he says and he snort and snorting con i said con you're dead he said and i'm quoting con long he said where the hell everybody going and i said con you're dead and they had found him dead the hotel doctor had pronounced him dead they were taking him to a morgue the body to a morgue and he came to and he said, I don't want to be late for the legislative opening session. Take me directly to the Capitol. So they brought Khan in the hearse <laughs> to the Capitol, and he was walking in as we adjourned. <laughs> and, and, and so serving in the legislature was fun. We had, and everybody kidded him, of course, from then on, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but I never will forget. I said, Khan, you're dead. But you think about people you served with and what they did, what Khan did for his hometown, the roads he got built, yeah. the bills he passed. And you think about Jim Nance from Purcell, and Jim Nance was in the House, and then he's in the Senate, and the Senate dominated the House of Representatives. The Senate dominated state government. The governors worked with the Senate more and hardly ever worked with the House because mm-hmm. the Senate would control everything. And Jim got defeated running for re-election to the Senate, so he, next year he ran, next election he ran back for the House and got re-elected. 
And he came to the House and he said, now, if you'll elect me speaker, while I'm speaker, I will bring the House of Representatives into as much power as the state Senate has. They will not dominate state government. Mm -hmm. And boy, we elected Jim Nance, and the Senate had trouble. They wouldn't consider a lot of the bills we passed in the House, so he just would put bills in committee and just leave them in committee until the Senate had taken up some of the House bills. But you, you think of people who serve you, and I can think of leadership in the Senate. Mm -hmm. I think of all the governors, and I serve. Now, here I am, a Democratic lieutenant governor. I serve under four different governors. As I said at the beginning, the lieutenant governor is not a partner of the governor. Mm -hmm. So I served under one Republican and three Democrats, but all four of them were saying, we need the lieutenant governor to do things. Now, let me stop right there and say, you need to know the law. Yeah. Every state that, there was one state when I was lieutenant governor that did not have a lieutenant governor. The next in line to be governor was state auditor or something. Mm -hmm. But everybody else, the lieutenant governor was the governor. Well, every state passes what in the constitution sets up what, when the governor leaves the state, who runs the state? Yeah. Mississippi, the governor has to be out of state two weeks before the lieutenant governor has any authority. Uh, in, in, in the state that had only no lieutenant governor, but they had another guy in, in line, the governor was in Asia when they had a a terrible problem, a natural problem, a storm or something. And the lieutenant governor, under the, their law, the governor could not call out the National Guard if he was not in the state. Yeah. And the lieutenant governor did not have the authority to call out the National Guard. So they had a storm yeah. in their state, and they were trying to help the injured, the wounded, the, the destroy, clean up the street. Mm -hmm. And the lieutenant governor could not call out anybody to help. So. But in Oklahoma, the Constitution is the instant, mm -hmm. the very instant that the governor crosses the state line, he, still, he or she is still the governor, but does not have any authority in Oklahoma. The lieutenant governor mm -hmm. has complete authority of the governor. So. so if the governor went to Washington, D.C. to try to get some legislation passed, the instant he crossed the Red River going to Dallas to get on the air, you know, tr transfer, get on a flight from Dallas to, uh, or the instant he was in the another vehicle, sure. that he crossed the state line and he has no authority. Yeah. And so several times in my 16 years, I had complete authority as governor. I called out the National Guard. I signed bills. I signed paroles. I signed pardons. I had complete authority that the governor had, mm -hmm. instantly. Now, what's interesting, I don't remember which governor it was, but back in early history, before we had a lot of airplanes, the governor of Oklahoma went to New York City on a train. Well, the governor's the lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. And the governor's on the train coming back from New York City to Oklahoma, I repeat, on the train, 
and the lieutenant governor signs a whole bunch of pardons that a lieutenant governor hadn't signed before, that the governor had looked at but did not sign. Yeah. And the lieutenant governor signed paroles the governor had would not sign. And the governor was livid, according to Oklahoma history, that the lieutenant governor would pardon or, mm -hmm. or trans whatever he did. With the but the Constitution says he has complete authority. Yeah. Well, the governor went to the railroad and got the time that it crossed the Kansas-Oklahoma border coming back into Oklahoma in all pardons and paroles that he'd signed before he crossed the border were valid. Yeah. But several people that the lieutenant governor had signed after he had crossed into the Oklahoma and was now governor again, those people had to go back to prison. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know what's yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Right. Oh, it's, 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 the, uh, Oklahoma history is amazing. Yeah. The governor of Mississippi told me one time that uh, he got he was in, in in Virginia and he got sick and they confined him to an emergency room in the hospital. Yeah. And and you have to be out of state two weeks before the lieutenant governor has the authority. And the governor and the lieutenant governor did not get along, mm -hmm. but the governor's doctors had assigned him to emergency room not to leave the hospital or he could die. Yeah. Threat under the threat of death. And two weeks was coming up, and the governor said, I can't let that yeah. dirty guy be the governor of Mississippi. And so he called his staff, and they went back down to Mississippi and said, you must agree that you will not do anything without asking the governor that does he agree with you while he's still in the hospital, or he's going to get in a chartered air flight and fly back to the state, and you may be responsible for his death. So the lieutenant governor, who yeah. had full authority of the governor, said, okay. Okay, yeah. Don't tell the governor to take care of his health. Yeah. He doesn't have to get back. God. Tal talking about kind of just the stuff that you've done as a governor and as lieutenant governor, one of the things I didn't know um, was about the state song. And I know that's a great story. Oh. And I'd love to hear you tell that story about how you were, you, know, you, you, know, you had a part in, in our great state song. Well, let, let's go back to the beginning and say that from the time I was wanting to be governor, the time I served in the legislature, time I was lieutenant governor and governor, I spent probably a fourth of my time working on the image. Uh-huh of the state. Oklahoma's image statewide was, well, let me tell you, I went to Hong Kong one time mm -hmm. and the president of the bank of the largest bank in Asia hosted a luncheon for me, a reception, excuse me, hosted a reception for me. And I was the lieutenant governor and he hosted a reception and he, he was the richest, largest bank holder in Asia. And he was tied up and he came in late. So when he came in, instead of coming and being introduced to me, he walked immediately to the podium. Yeah. 
And he said, I want to welcome the, and he spoke perfect English, I want to welcome the Lieutenant Governor of Oklahoma to Hong Kong. I want to tell you how proud we are to have you here. Da, 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 da. I want to welcome the Lieutenant Governor of Oklahoma. And then he stopped. And he said something that had bothered me all my years of public service. He stopped and said, Oklahoma, the only thing I know about Oklahoma is what I read in the Grapes of Wrath. Now, here I am representing the state in Hong Kong, trying to get a company to move, and all he remembers is what he read in the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. And uh, so over the years, I tried to... Now, let me go back to my high school days, 1943. World War II's going on. I'm a sophomore in high school. And I'm studying... I'm upstairs on the back porch. On the, we have a bedroom that we call the upstairs back porch. And uh, I'm up there studying for uh, a test that I'm going to have Monday when I get back in high school. And I'm listening, of all things, you may not have ever heard of it, to the Lucky Strike Hit Parade. Have you ever heard of that? Never. Never, never heard of that my entire Jenny, life. Jenny, have you ever heard about it? Heard of it. Okay. okay. <laughs> it tells your age, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> history. The Lucky Strike Hit Parade, yeah. every Saturday night on radio, no television, mm-hmm. on radio played the top 10 most popular songs in America. And they would roll the drums. Number 10. Da, 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 da. Then they'd play it for th- two and a half minutes a record. Yeah. Number seven. They'd play another one. And I'm sitting there listening to the Lucky Strike Hit the Cigarettes. I'm listening to the Lucky Strike Hit Parade. I'm studying for a test. Number one most popular song in the nation. Most number one most popular song in the world. Yeah is Oklahoma and they play and I stopped and I said my gosh they're singing a song they're playing a song about my state Oklahoma and it's the most popular song in the nation Lucky Strike Hit Parade and the most popular song in the world yeah 1943 1953 10 years later I'm in the legislature and I introduced the bill to change our state song from the original state song to Oklahoma. And I thought as all those years then, in 1953, I had I'd introduced this song as a young, this young state legislature from McAllister. And uh, I thought it'd be a piece of cake. And old man Huff, as we called him, old man Huff, he must have been 60. In those days, he was old to me. Old man Huff, a po- from Ada, yeah. a post changing the state's hall. And he spoke on the floor of the legislature from the microphone down front. And I saw him convincing. I could tell by looking at the legislators that he was convincing them to vote against changing from a state quote, unquote, I can remember what he said, a song steeped in tradition and couched in history, written by a, 
an Oklahoma lady historian, mm -hmm. and it's called uh, Oklahoma a toast, and you want to change it from a song written by a historian from who was from Oklahoma to a song written by two New York Jews who've never even been to Oklahoma? And I just saw, and he started speaking, I mean, continued speaking, but he started singing the original state song. And he left the microphone, and he walked on the floor of the House of Representatives, 1953, and he'd get a hold of your shoulder, your arm, and pull you up and make you stand for the state song. And he sang, I, and he sang it. Yeah. I give you a land of sun and flowers and summer the whole. That's our state song. Yeah. And then he got to the chorus and he started crying. He started crying as he was getting, and he got the whole House of Representatives standing and a few of them knew the song, not many, but got to the Oklahoma, Oklahoma, fairest daughter of the West, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, it's the land I love the best. I have always sung her praises, but I have not told the half, so I give you Oklahoma. It's a toast we all can quaff. I said, quaff? That's quaff. But it's quaff, so it rhymes. And I said, he wants a song that you can quaff, but he doesn't want a song written by two New York Jews. So I saw my bill going down the, but in the small print, you can lay a bill over yeah. for a legislative day. So I turned and said, Mr. Speaker, I moved that House Bill, whatever it was, 1014, whatever. I moved that House Bill lay over for one legislative day. And old man Huff didn't know what I was doing, so he didn't object. If he had objected, we would have never changed the state song. But I laid it over one legislative day. And I, I motioned to Ira Humphreys, who was state representative from Chickasha, where then the Oklahoma College for Women was. And I said, have you got a choir down at, a course, choral group down at Chickasha that can sing Oklahoma? I said, we just did that production. I said, okay, I need them here tomorrow in their costumes. And I want them to sing all the songs, some of the songs from Oklahoma, and end with Oklahoma. Then I called Ridge Bond. Now, Ridge Bond helped me because Ridge Bond lived in Tulsa. But now the play was written by two New York Jews, but Ridge Bond, who currently lived in Tulsa, was the only Oklahoman who ever starred on Broadway as Curly. Mm -hmm. And he not only was from Oklahoma, he was from McAllister High School and had gone to high school with me. Yeah. So I called Ridge. I said, Ridge, you still got some of that stuff, you that crap you wore? That's what I would use. You still got some of that crap you wore when you were playing? Yeah, he said, yeah. I said, okay, put it on. Come over here tomorrow. You're going to sing Oklahoma to the House of Representatives with a, with a choral group from Chickasha. He said, when do we practice? I said, there is no practice. You just go in and sing with them. Yeah. 
Okay, now I got to tell you the story that shows I'm a politician. <laughs> now, I'm telling you the story of Oklahoma because that's public service. Yes. But to show you I'm a politician, I called Jenkins Music Store mm -hmm. in downtown Oklahoma City. I said, this is State Representative George Nye. Have you got any legislative bill on, under consideration you want passed? And, and the, the manager said, yes, we do, matter of fact. I said, okay, I need a piano tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he said, what? I said, I need a piano on the floor of the House of Representatives tomorrow and send me the, the number of your bill. Yeah. And the next day there was a piano from Jenkins Music Store and I'm, I think I voted, I know I did, I voted for the bill that they were interested in. Yeah. But the piano was there, and I got up and I said, Mr. Speaker, I ask unanimous consent that we allow the choral group from the Oklahoma College for Women to come on the floor of the House of Representatives and entertain us. Mm -hmm. Nobody objected. Nobody knew what I was doing. Yeah. And the choral group came in and they sang, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, you're singing all the songs and da 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 da. And then suddenly the girl on the piano from Jenkins Music Store went boom, 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 boom. And Rich Bond had been hiding in his costume in the house men's restroom, kicked the doors open to the floor of the legislature, had his two thumbs in his belt buckle with a big Oklahoma belt buckle said, oh, Oklahoma. And he started singing and the legislature stood and started applauding. There were 300 people in the gallery and they stood and sang and I put them all up there. I went around and got all the, the, the secretaries and the employees and the pageants and the sergeant at arms and had them sitting in the gallery and said, now when they sing Oklahoma, you stand and applaud and sing. And so in comes Rich, he starts singing, the choir singing, the legislature stands and sings, and they're all applauding, and they say, you're doing fine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A, -O -O Oklahoma, okay, yeah. I said, Mr. Speaker, I moved passage of House Bill 1014, and it passed the very next day. Yeah. But to me, the image now, let me say, that I went to Germany. A company in Germany opened an office up in the United States. They opened it up in Tulsa because the owner and I, he said, it doesn't matter where I am in the United States. I just need an office. In and I, I've enjoyed your visit to Germany. We'll open it in Oklahoma. And they came to Tulsa. And the Hong Kong, the, China, the Hong Kong company came to Norman, et cetera. And it came up, and at one time, we had more international companies coming in than basically any state in the union. Yeah. But what, what's important to remember is that Rich Bond told me another story about Oklahoma. Now, he went to high school. He was two years ahead of me in high school. But he told me that this musical written by two New York Jews was really 
they bought the rights to a book that had become a play written by a guy from Claremore, Lynn Riggs of Claremore, Oklahoma, wrote this play, this book, mm -hmm. called Away We Go. They bought the, bought the rights to it, and they just put in the songs. But the story of Oklahoma was from an Oklahoman from Claremore, and that's what I tell people. Forget the two New York Jews for a minute. Remember, this was triggered by an Oklahoman from Claremore that wasn't even Will Rogers. Mm -hmm. And so Ridge told me this story. They named their play that they wrote the songs for, Away We Go, and they open off Broadway. Yeah. And they said there was no enthusiasm. Where are you going tonight? Oh, we're going to go say Away We Go. And the families, Rogers and Hammerstein, and their, their people met two or three times, and they changed the name of the play as they moved around the country. They went to Boston, and they became uh, Away We Go. If you've seen the play, when the couple gets married, they ride off the stage in a horse-drawn carriage, and there's a sign on the back of the chariot, the stage, whatever, and it's rotating, I mean, it's moving, yeah. and it's, it's Away We Go. So they named the play Away We Go. Green Girl Alonics, no, no enthusiasm, Away We Go, no enthusiasm. And they said, we've got to get some enthusiasm behind this play before we open, open on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And Ridge Bond, from McAllister, who starred as Curly, told me that Mrs. Hammerstein said, well, let's put it, let's call it Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And Ridge said that one guy spoke up and said, what's exciting about Oklahoma? And Ridge Bond from McAllister, Oklahoma, played Curly, <laughs> yeah. told me that Mrs. Hammerstein said, let's put an exclamation point after it and name it Oklahoma. So I tell people, let's do for Oklahoma what two New York Jews did for us. Let's put an exclamation point behind it. The name of the play, now not the song. Mm -hmm. The name of the song is different from the name of the play. But the name of the play is O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A, exclamation point, mm -hmm. Oklahoma. And let me tell you, the crowd stood so much that, that they play Oklahoma in Act 2 or Act 3, but anyway, it was mm -hmm. scene 2 or so. Anyway, it's, it's, it's not even the opening. It's just some of it's in the opening. But they play it as a part of their story. Mm -hmm. And the crowd would stand while the stars were singing. A thousand people out in the auditorium would stand and, and clap and sing the song with them. And they started, believe it or not, they started announcing before the play started, please do not stand when they play Oklahoma until the end of the entire show. And then you can cheer as much as you want to. And so now, for, I mean, I don't know what they're doing now, but f for all those years, they announced, mm -hmm. don't stand when they're singing Oklahoma. 
And so now, now I'm going to tell you that when I went to Germany and this guy told me he'd bring it over, mm -hmm. he hosted a reception at his house out in the country. And they brought me up by a car with a driver to his home. Mm -hmm. And he had a long front porch. And can you believe it? There were at least 20 people in costume that when my car pulled up in Germany outside of Berlin yeah. to this big farmhouse, there were people who could not speak English, but who sang in English and clapped while they sang it, Oklahoma, with an exclamation point. So as I traveled the world, what those two New York Jews for, did for this state is phenomenal. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do. I've considered going to the post office. I've considered it, but I haven't done it and asking the postmaster to check with me if on our return addresses from our companies, Love's, Paycom, OnQ, you know, if, if from our Oklahoma companies, you know, they've changed our official to OK. And that's the way the song ends. Can you believe it? That the way the United States government changed the official summary mm -hmm abbreviation for Oklahoma, is Oklahoma okay? If we on our envelopes in our inside stationery printed that we were from Oklahoma City, okay. If we were from Tulsa, okay. If we were from Chattanooga, okay. Can we put an exclamation point on our abbreviated? Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking about doing. And if, it, if they say that nothing illegal about it, I'm going to go to the Chambers of Commerce and say, let's do yeah. for Oklahoma what two New York Jews did. Put it's an a, exclamation point behind That's it. a great story. That's such a good story. Um, well, let me tell you, I appreciate the interview. I'm sorry I've talked so much, but I get wound up when I'm talking about Oklahoma. I really do. And... Uh, it's like when I was president of UCO. I'd say I'm president of UCO. Uh, when Bob Blackburn was head of the Oklahoma History Center, he just recently retired, he had a lot of pens made for me that when I would go to make a high school commencement, I would say, congratulations on graduating from your high school. Now put an exclamation point behind your life as an adult. And then they would pass out to all the students this metal pen. I mean, this pen that was a big exclamation point. And Bob Blackburn gave it to me. And uh, in a classic example, was I did a commencement speech in Clinton. And I basically have, there, here I go talking again. I made my first commencement speech while I was running for the legislature in 1950. And I've made a, at least one commencement speech every year since then. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to speak at Oklahoma Christian University this year. So this will be my 72nd year of making at least one high school commencement. But I've used the theme lately, you know, like I said, I don't write speeches, that you can do it from here. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned Carl Albert. Just think from Bug Tussle, 
he became the most powerful man. Just think, Bob Kerr, born in a log cabin outside of, in rural Ada, Oklahoma, outside of rural of Ada, became, according to Life magazine, the uncrowned king of the U.S. Senate. He did not become president of it, or, but he became the uncrowned king. And in the article, they said that President John F. Kennedy got what Robert S. Kerr would let him have. And at the same time, the two most powerful men in the United States Congress was from Buck Tussle and a log cabin south of Ada, Oklahoma. Both of them. Mm -hmm. At the same time. You can do it from here. Well, I was speaking at Clinton, and I thought, wow. Highway 66. I looked out the window, and there was... I, I was not out the window, I'm sorry. I, I, I looked out, and I said, right there, that's Highway Look at that. That's Highway 66. And it runs from Chicago, and I, I sang the song. If you ever travel 66, get your highway, get, get your kicks on Route 66. It goes from all the way from Chicago to L.A. Highway 66. And I said, now let me point out to you that there's more, there are more miles of Highway 66 in Oklahoma than any other state in the Union. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Germany on another trip, I was told one time there were hundreds of Western organizations of, of groups that, that dressed up like cowboys and met monthly for a reception, and they dressed up like cowboys. And they would come as a group to the United States and charter a bus, buses from Chicago and go to L.A. in their cowboy outfits from Germany. Yeah. And, and, and I said, did you go through... Miami, Oklahoma, well, they didn't know. But anyway, so I said, get your kicks on Route 66. And I thought, okay. What's the first town on Route 66 coming in? You're, you're, you're near Commerce. Mickey Mantle became the home, room, home run king after Babe Ruth. Mickey Mantle from Commerce. So you're coming in on Route 66. And you come down through Miami, you come down through Tulsa, you come down through Claremore, mm -hmm. home of Will Rogers, you come through Tulsa, Academy Award winners, Miss America, you, you come through, and I just named towns you go through, get your kicks on 66, and I'd name basically all the towns and then pull out a name, you know, from Okima, pull out a name that's they got their kicks that live. They're from Oklahoma. You can do it from here. Garth Brooks at El Reno. You know, Oklahoma City. Just think of all the yeah. people who got their kicks from Oklahoma City and Tulsa. And go out to Clinton and Weatherford. And one time I was speaking in Weatherford at night in the football field at a commencement at Southwestern State University. And I looked up and I said, look at the sun setting. It's setting. I'm speaking to you here at Weatherford, Oklahoma. I'm talking to the high school senior class saying, get your kicks on 60 stick. Put an exclamation point behind your life that you can do it from here. You can do it from Weatherford. Look at that sun. Do you see that dot? Do you see that dot? Now, 
I'm serious. You see that dot? That's Colonel Tom Stafford. Excuse me, it was the moon, not the sun. The moon was coming up. I said, do you see that dot in front of the moon? That's Colonel Tom Stafford returning from going around the moon, returning to the U.S., who graduated from Weatherford High School. And I'm speaking to the commencement, the seniors trying to say, you can do it from here. And that's my whole speech. Yeah. Forget what I'm going to tell you. Just Let's just sit and watch that dot move for a while. Yeah. And he put in a huge museum mm -hmm. that's there today at the airport in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Yeah. And I just pointed out, all, and, and you go to Elk City, and, and you get the songwriter from Elk City that wrote Wichita Line Man. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying that I get carried away. But I went through life trying to promote Oklahoma, so in my commencement speeches, I try to tell seniors at high school and college, or when I speak to a class at, at a university, like when I was president at UCO, I would try to say, don't be held back. Well, heck, I'm from Oklahoma. What chance do I have? Because I want you to see. I want you to see what chance you do have. And then I just go through Reba McIntyre, Carrie Underwood, Wanda Jackson. I just go through, and I, I spend another hour giving you names from, from the panel, panhandle, and uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. The international figures that we've had from Oklahoma. From Oklahoma. And so, I'm not governor, so I'm not telling you what the laws ought to be or what the how the legislature ought to vote. I don't do that much. I, I try not to make too many public opinions about how I think that, because they're the legislator, they're the governor, not me. Mm -hmm. But I do want to tell the seniors that based on all my experience, as a kid in the ninth grade, as Carl Albert in the eighth grade at Bud Tussle, Oklahoma says, I want to be a congressman. And in the ninth grade, she said, I want to be governor. Yeah. That you can do it from here. And that Rich Bond, who sang on the broad, who sang on the stage at McAllister High School at the assembly program, mm -hmm. was a star on Broadway. Yeah. How Reba McIntyre, and, and just think you can mention Reba McIntyre from Atoka County. Way down in southeastern Oklahoma, her dad uh, was a rodeo man. He was a rodeo rider, bronco rider, or something. Yeah. And Clem McSpadden, who was president pro tem of the state senate, was a rodeo announcer. And we had the national finals rodeo in downtown Oklahoma City, mm -hmm. and he was a friend of Reba's daddy. And he said, have your daughter come up and sing the national anthem from high school or wherever she was in Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, or Kiowa, Oklahoma. Have her, your daughter come up from, from Atoka County and sing the national anthem at the National Finals Rodeo. And there was somebody at the National Finals Rodeo that heard her and said, my gosh. Yeah. And went and signed her up. And she got discovered as the daughter of a rodeo rider 
at the National Finals Rodeo just singing the national anthem, and she became a number one musical star in America. Yeah. You can do it from here. It's just amazing. You know, if, I, I tell you, you can edit anything you want to. When I say you can do it from here, what a way to end up. I served with a movie star whose name I can't remember right now. When I was lieutenant governor, he and I, he'd played Will Rogers in a movie, and he and I served as co-chairman of the international birthday party for Will Rogers. We were international co-chairmen. We had a big function at Claremore at the Will Rogers Memorial. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you, Will Rogers used to say he was born in Catoosa because people couldn't pronounce Oolagal. But he was from Claremore, basically, historically. Will Rogers from Claremore, Oklahoma. Catoosa, Oolagal, Rogers, Rogers County, named after him. Yeah. Rogers State University, named after him. And I mentioned the Lucky Strike Hit Parade about being number one, Oklahoma being the number one song in the world. Will Rogers at the, was number one movie star in the world. Will Rogers from Oklahoma was number one radio commentator in the world. Will Rogers from Oklahoma was the number one star on Broadway in, from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Will Rogers from Claremore, Oklahoma was the number one newspaper. He wrote a weekly newspaper column at the same time, at the same time, this guy from Oolaga, Catoosa, and Claremore, he was number one in the world in four different categories. From the, in the world, from Oklahoma. So when you drive down the Rogers Turnpike, when you pass the Will Rogers Memorial in Claremore, when you hear about Will Rogers or anything, the movie. When you hear the name Will Rogers, just stop and think. In the world, from Oklahoma, he put the exclamation point behind his life. And he was the image mm -hmm. for a long time before he died in the airplane crash in Alaska with Wiley Post, who also was from Oklahoma, who invented space travel. He took an ocean diver's helmet mm -hmm. and put it over his head and flew into space and could breathe from Oklahoma. From Oklahoma. You got to take me home. <laughs> I'm sorry. A great way to end. No, but I no, love I that you. because I love that and, and I love the fact that every time he comes back to, you can do it from here, right? Like, that's powerful. I love it. Um, we sat down with you for, for, I mean, more time than I expected, and I really appreciate your time because well, you've told that, some amazing make stories. Make that two different programs. Oh, well, we will do that. Um, Don't make somebody listen to me two hours. <laughs> People are going to be listening to this for a long time. This is amazing. But thank you so much for well, taking the welcome. time out. Thank you. And see, my wife tells me, quit talking so much. <laughs> Hey, you've talked about her today, so that's a good thing, right? She, she'll be happy. Uh, I'll be 95 yeah. in June, so just remember. I will remember that. No, I don't, I don't want you to remember. I was telling her, 
that I, I go from the youngest yeah. state representative, the youngest high school teacher at the time in McAllister. I go from the youngest. I go from the first time I was elected lieutenant governor, I was the youngest in the nation, mm -hmm. to the oldest, <laughs> first governors still serving, that served, still yeah. living. Yeah. I'm the first living governor. I've served longer than before any other living governor. Yeah. Nine days. Nine days. <laughs> but it's a term. Right. Let's go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. For everyone listening, I'll put the links in the description to Governor Nye's description can, and bio. You can eliminate you can eliminate any of it you want to. Uh, we won't take anything out of that. Oh, thank you so guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We will catch you next episode. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.